Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Celtic View podcast in the week where the Hoops have returned to the group stages of the UEFA Champions League for the first time in three years. My name is Martin Diel and joining me to talk about an exhausting and emotional few days for Celtic fans everywhere is Celtic View editor Paul Cuddehy. Paul, the boys are back in town and what a week it has been for Celtic. Certainly, I mean, I think anybody, Martin, that, that listened to your commentary from the Turner Stadium in Israel would know that it was very emotional and, you know, I think you summed up the emotions that we all felt as we watched. It was just, Brendan Rodgers said it was probably the longest 90 minutes of his life and I think that was the entire Celtic support that watched that game. But, you know, when the final whistle went, it was just relief, jubilation, as you said there, first time in the, in the group stages in three years and it's just something that everybody uh, just is so excited and looking forward to. It was such a, a gripping and nail biting night the the kind of the old cliched phrase of it being a roller coaster of emotions was so true there's a couple of times we thought we were going to score um just the intensity of the crowd in Israel as well they were so behind their team and it was just for the majority of the match it really felt like backs to the wall and uh, when Beersheva scored that second goal early on in the second half you really thought oh, it's going to happen again because we'd been in that situation uh, for three years in a row really and then to have the boys hold out and get that result that we wanted by the end of the match was just amazing as you say the the sense of relief between myself and Mark who was doing the commentary and everyone who was listening and watching at home and there in the stadium was just amazing and to just to watch all the players from the bench and the coach staff sprint onto the pitch just haven't seen scenes like that with Celtic in a while. And I think, you know, you reflect in the previous years where it was, at that stage, it was heartache. And so it's such a, you know, for the players that have, have experienced that, it must have been great for them, for all of us. But also, I think, you know, Lee Griffith said after the first leg, you know, a couple of years, the last couple of years, we wouldn't have come back having conceded those two goals. Where heads, the heads would have gone down. And I think the other night as well, losing those two goals, I think maybe in previous years, we might have crumbled, but we certainly dug in. And, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes, although Beersheba had more of the ball, I, you know, I felt that we just, we were solid. We were, we were preventing them getting chances and we were seeing the game out. And it's just that kind of sense of belief that, you know, so we were so close to get there now. I just think this team's going to go on and, and they're going to really, I think, feed on the confidence of actually having reached this stage of the competition. Yeah, definitely. I, I always remember from years gone by when we've been in the Champions League, it seems to have a knock-on effect to our domestic success as well, whether that's in the Cups or in the league. It just it changes, the I think, the perception of Celtic as well uh, in the league. You know, you had... Um, say, when Brendan Rodgers came in, everyone knew it was a, a big name, but you felt as if a lot of people were holding back their judgment about Celtic until this Champions League campaign was concluded. And now you've got to, you've got to imagine that it, it does change other teams' perce- perceptions because they'll be thinking uh, Celtic are a, you know, a Champions League team now, once again, coming to, to their stadium. And, and regardless of the fact we've not been there for a few years, uh, teams and, and players know how difficult it is to come here. And it's different when we're in the group stages of how we approach the game. I mean, those two games against Beersheba was effectively a, a semi-final. And, and, you know, there's been so many times over the years that Celtic, you know, you, ha- you sometimes have to win ugly to get to a final. But as long as you're there, nobody really cares how you get there. You know, it'd be nice to have won 5-0 in the first leg and skated the second leg. But the, the important thing was that the team dug in and got there. And as soon as that final whistle went, you saw the reaction 
from the players, you heard it from your commentary, the fans that were there, and then you know throughout the world, you saw it on social media. Everybody was just delighted. And you can uh, you talk about that grit and determination, um, the ability to just dig in, and that resilience for coming back is all things that uh, Brendan Rodgers talked about in his his post match press conference. Um, and we were over in Israel for the game, obviously covering it live for uh, Celtic TV, but we also got lots of stuff for this week's Celtic View, which will be coming to you next Wednesday. But just now what we're going to do is let you listen to Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers, a very relieved Brendan Rodgers, speaking to the media after Celtic's uh, vict- well aggregate victory <laughs> over Hapoel Beersheva, but it was a 2-0 loss, but a 5-4 victory on the night, which propelled the hoops into the Champions League group stages. Brendan, do you have a word to describe how you're feeling just now? Brilliant. It was um, probably the longest 90 minutes I've, I've faced as a coach. And, and I think probably with the past experiences that the players have had, sometimes never know how it can, uh, it can map out in the game. I thought Bereshiva were outstanding. They had to come in, they had to force the game, of course, they had nothing to lose, but they uh, they played very well. But I have to congratulate my players because I thought that all the work that we've been doing over the course of the, the pre-season has been based around that mentality and uh, quality of our game. We obviously, But we know that we can't always play play well. A lot of the games we have played well, but tonight was just going to be purely about resilience and persistence. And um, it was it was an amazing effort by the players on the back of everything they've been through before. So uh, a huge applause to them, and uh, I'm delighted they get the reward after a a really really long pre-season. How proud are you? Immensely proud. I'm so proud for the football club. I think firstly, you know, for Dermot, Peter, and the board. I think it's great for them. They stuck their neck out in the summer. And, uh, and the club has a real positive feel to it at the moment and this was always going to hopefully keep that forward momentum going and I think this is a huge step for us. I'm absolutely delighted for the players. Like I say, the work that they've put in, you know, the mentality, the honesty that they show and they get the, they've got the rewards over a long, long pre-season. Delighted from a coaching staff and, and team of people around us because they were... You know, they've had to work very, very hard. Not many days off working, finding ways in which to, to improve the team in a short space of time. And, um, and obviously the supporters. It's an incredible uh, moment for them. They're going to be back in amongst Europe's elite. And, uh, and it's where Celtic belongs. You had to ride your luck a little bit tonight, but I suppose it was always going to be that kind of game. They had nothing to lose, effectively, being three goals behind. Yeah, yeah, we felt that was going to be the case. It was very difficult for us, as I said, but we had to work so hard on the side to to shift momentum in the game, to block spaces. You know, we we started we we four three three. We didn't really get hold of the ball. We moved to a diamond at the beginning of the the second half, um, but they could still exploit the sides, and it was still a problem for us because we couldn't keep the ball. And then eventually we went to a back five uh, in order to try and block out the sides of the field uh, still keep a diamond we won up front and, and bring on Musa with his, with his presence and then that seemed to in the last period of the game the last 15-20 minutes just 
uh, seemed to settle us in and we got a little bit of control then. Brendan, what did you learn about your players tonight? The, I think tonight it was, they've just added an extra percent to the mentality tonight. I think that maybe it was something deep down that maybe they didn't think they could achieve because of the period of time, the short period of time we've been working. But we've built into them a belief in a, that if you work hard and you work with intensity, That'll give you confidence, and then you know you give yourself a better chance of winning. And and then when you are stuck, that uh, you can dig it out. And Celtic, when I came in, there was maybe the focus, the criticism was that they couldn't tough it out. But we showed over two games, and under a huge amount of pressure, that this team can tough it out. So Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers there speaking to the media after the match in Israel on Tuesday night. And Paul, you can sense the relief in the manager's voice there, but also his pride in his players. Absolutely. You know, I, I said at the top of this podcast that he'd, he'd mentioned that it was probably the longest 90 minutes of his life. And I think that summed it up for all of us. But, you know, there was relief, but he would have set his first target would have been to reach the group stages. You know, that would have been foremost his mind. It was the first target that was coming up for him. And to have achieved that, and also to be the first Celtic manager to do that at, at the first time of asking in, it, in itself is, is making history. And I think it also, you know, we were all delighted when he was appointed. There's a sense that there's something's happening at the club. I think he's mentioned it a few times as well before that he feels that there's something special growing here. And this is one of the, the reasons why you think it, because we've now moved forward the teams move forward by and large the same group of players, but they've they've done well. Uh, you know, it's always difficult for us to reach the, the group stages now because we've got all these uh, qualifying rounds and playoffs as well against some really tough teams. So to have got there and to take our place where we think we belong, alongside the rest of Europe's top teams, uh, I think it's a great achievement for the players and obviously for the manager as well. And you know, it, it, he. You know he's experienced European football before down south, but again to to come up here and to be, you know, in charge of Celtic against, you know, some of the the, the top teams that we're used to watching in this competition is is great for him. And and I'm sure, as I say, I'm, I'm you know, I haven't quite got round to booking my hotel in in <laughs> Cardiff for the final <laughs> next year, but I actually think even though, uh, you know, we've got there through qualifying, I, I think we'll we'll make a good account of ourselves this year. I, I I agree with you. There's a there's a real professionalism I think about Brendan Rodgers that really shines through every time you get him talking about football, um, and you can tell even there he's his whole sort of philosophy about getting the players to those same players as the past two three years to play beyond himself is just so simple. It's hard work. And if you commit to that hard work, then you're going to get the rewards for it. Now, fair enough, Tuesday night wasn't the, the best game that we've ever played. And we rode our luck at certain times. But the tactical changes that the manager has asked them to do, like going to a flat back five, the, the players adapted to it and they really dug in. And um, it has brought them their rewards. And as you say, Paul, now these magnificent nights that have been missing from Celtic Park over the past couple of seasons will return. And they're really... I, mean, I don't care what team you support, there really isn't a place like it in world football. And also, it, it takes me back to when he, when he was first appointed, Brendan Rodgers, he wanted to fill the stadium, he wanted to fill that top tier, the Lisbon line stand, he's done that. As you say, the, the Champions League nights here are just something incredible. And, you know, 
there's just too many players and too many ex-players and too many observers that have come here and have said the same thing. It's not like it's just something that's conjured up just to try and get PR for Celtic. Yeah. You know, when the likes of Xavi and Maldini and Messi and, and, and all these guys say the same thing, that there's just something special, then, you know, they, they all can't be wrong. You know, that they, they know because they've, they've played football at the highest level and then, well, they might come here and they'll think, well, we're better than Celtic. But they just, as a, as a footballer, you know, because as a fan to experience this, it's just incredible. So I think the level of excitement, you could just feel it when you're talking to friends and family. There was just that classic Paul McStay, there was a buzz about the place, and there yeah. really was because you just thought it's been frustrating the last two or three years that we haven't been there. But now we are, and, and uh, I think just everybody's so optimistic and looking forward to it. It's just that feeling that Celtic fans will now have when they're in each other's companies, just, a company, just that enthusiasm, that optimism about these big nights that are coming and you know what it's like that say if you're a fan or say like us we've got the privilege of working for the club when you're coming up to the stadium on the day or the evening of the game you catch people's eyes and you know you're sharing the same feeling that same excitement that real uh, buzz about going into Celtic Park and seeing every single seat full hearing that Champions League music uh, just about being drowned out by the Celtic fans I, I remember that from the the last time um, I was at a, a European game prior to working for the club, I think it was when we were playing um, Barcelona, the 2-1 night, and just the noise of the Celtic fans. And I was right up in the top tier in the main stand with my dad, and we couldn't hear the Champions League theme. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And now that was a night where we really should have been beaten by Barcelona on paper, you know, because they were the... the they, they were right at the height of their powers, but as one of the things I was going to bring, bring you on to was the, this idea about Celtic Park, the full Celtic Park and the influence that it has on the players. Um, that 5-2 victory last week against Hapoel Beersheva that gave us the just that goal advantage that we needed, how much that do you think came from the, the stadium, the fans willing the players on? I think a lot of it is because... You know, sometimes I think the atmosphere, it's not so much that it intimidates the other team, particularly when you're playing the top teams, because they're so used to playing at the highest level. But what it does, I think, is it galvanises our team and it just reduces the gap between us and them because it just it drives the team on and, and I think they obviously thrive on it. And that that game, I think, will be, you know, the Hapoel game will be looked back on as a pivotal moment in Brendan Rodgers' Celtic career, I think, because it, it showed the character of the team that was, that you know, as I said to you, Lee Griffiths, admitted himself that the team, the heads would have gone down before, but they didn't, and we, you know, we obviously needed that 5-2 uh, victory in the end. But it was so important, and that, you know, I think for the likes of Brendan Rodgers and Chris Davis and his backroom, the backroom staff, but then also the new guys that, that come, and you know, Scott Sinclair, Moussa Dembele, but even Colo Turi, who's played at the highest level, you know, when they see Celtic part like that, and that's a playoff game, they must be thinking, this, this is why we've came here, and now I can't wait to be in the actual group stages because if that was a good atmosphere, my goodness, what's going to be like when the first group stage game at Celtic Park's played? Well, it'll only be a matter of weeks before we find out exactly what it's going to be like when that uh, first group stage match is hosted at Celtic Park. And uh, the draw is going to be taking place today. And uh, myself, Paul, and Celtic legend Tom Boyd will be coming back to you shortly to talk about Celtic's opponents in this year's Champions League. The boys, of course, back after three seasons away. 
And here to talk to us about Celtic's place in that tournament this season is Celtic legend Tom Boyd. Well, Tom, we've just found out uh, Celtic's group there, drawn, of course, in Group C against their old friends Barcelona, uh, English Giants, Manchester City, and, of course, Borussia Mönchengladbach. What did you make of the draw? Uh, yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic draw. Um, I don't think you could have got a, a harder draw uh, with the teams that are there and the stature of the teams. Uh, Barca with their three forwards, uh, stunning forwards in that. Uh, Man City, the connections we have with there will we'll probably be very familiar with them. And Mitch and Gladbach having uh, a very comfortable uh, two-legged affair over young boys, which uh, I think they were very impressive. So uh, it's a very difficult group, but one uh, we'll say bring on the challenge. We, we'll, we'll certainly look forward to uh, welcoming them all here and hopefully getting the uh, fantastic full houses that we have at, in the Champions League nights. And Paul, we were looking at the the teams that we could have got before uh, we get placed in Group C. You know, a lot of us were hoping for Real Madrid just to have that glamour, but you can never say no to Barca, and that's six times now. Uh, previously, we've met them in Europe, so it'll be a magnificent seventh this season. Yeah, I mean, I think because it's been so long since we have played the likes of Real Madrid, I think every every season we've been in the draw. People are always saying we want to go to the Bernabeu, but you know, I don't think you can ever get blasé about facing Barcelona you know they are when I mean, you look at their team obviously Tom's mentioning you know you've got Neymar Suarez and Messi they're just extraordinary players but then behind them you've got more extraordinary players so it's it's you know as a fan it's great to to see these guys coming to Celtic Park to see them in the flesh so you're able to say you know I, you know I've seen you know Suarez playing for Barcelona against Celtic and Obviously, uh, you know I'm sure Neymar will get a special uh, welcome, uh, given the previous with, uh, with with Scott Brown. But you know I think it's a it's a big big game. I think it's always there's always an edge when you play a team from England. I think the fact it's it'll be interesting because it's Pep Guardiola now in Chelsea, see how they they are. Obviously he you know he's got a European pedigree. He'll be looking to get them to the latter stages. I think they got to the semi final last year, so it'll be interesting. And then I think any you know if you watch any Bundesliga football at all, the quality, the standard in German football is extremely high and. They will be very, very difficult to beat as well, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, I'm just pleased. I think for so many players that we've got here, we're going to experience it. I think we've heard that uh, Lee Griffiths is really on fire. You know, really looking forward to it. Uh, and I just talked to young Kieran earlier about uh, how, how his feelings are. The last time he was probably the game was he was a ball boy. So uh, it shows you where he's developed and uh, you know wanting to be playing against the level of players that we will have in these teams. Uh, they're no also runs that these are top quality football teams. World class football players will be coming to Celtic Park once again and hopefully going away with their tails between their <laughs> legs, as they have on previous occasions. Of course, as you say, Tom, some of the best teams in the world have come to Celtic Park, particularly in recent years, and not gone away with the result that they would have wanted, most notably Pep Guardiola. Well, not Pep Guardiola, uh, Barcelona, but Barcelona a couple of years ago. And as you say as well, Tom, Kieran Tierney was a, a ball boy that night. I spoke to him after the game in Israel uh, for the Celtic website, and I was saying to him, you know, the this story of your magical career at Celtic just continues, just keeps getting better. Now you're in the Champions League, but I never, never really thought about the fact that he could face Barcelona as a professional footballer for Celtic now after being on the the sidelines as a ball boy. Well, I always think as well, you know, you, Tom will probably bear this out that I suppose at every stage of your career as you kind of move up the levels, there must be a wee part of you that thinks, you know, that you would have thought. You know, I started as a YTS at Motherwell and suddenly I'm playing, mm -hmm. you know, I'm captain in Celtic to, to stop in the 10, I'm going on and playing Europe. So it must be, for every footballer, as they get to that level, it must be part of you 
that thinks I've come a long way. Oh, it's stunning, but th- th- it's, it's the speed of which it's happened to Kieran. Yeah, it oh. took a right few years for me, you know, to, to get bedded in playing for Muddle down to Chelsea, then eventually getting back to Paradise or, or coming up to Paradise after the Chelsea move. So it's took a wee while for Kieran. Um, you know, we've seen how well he's performed for, for the football club. Uh, and and this is just a continuation that, you know, to go, you want to play against the best players. Well, you start off as a, a young kid playing against under 20s. Then you get a wee game in the first team. You're playing against the Scottish players. Then you get an international cap. So you then you're starting to play that. Uh, but now this is, you know, it's arguably we say that some of the Champions League teams are, are, are better than international teams because of the quality they have in show. Barcelona could be one of those, you know, a, a selection of players from all the different countries. Um, so it's it's just uh, you know, it's never ending for Kieran, and hopefully it will end with a, oh sorry it will end with a victory in qualification for the next phase. And the, the bill builds to a, a couple of exciting weeks really for the start of September for us. Obviously we've got the international break, then we've got the Glasgow derby coming up, and then we'll have our first match in the the Champions League, which will be the, the either the thirteenth or the fourteenth. I don't know whether it's going to be home or away yet, but. Three tough teams, but exciting times. Yeah, and, and usually what happens is after there's a draw, then it, it, you know everybody's just waiting by their computer until UEFA publishes the results on their website, and then basically internet goes into meltdown as everybody <laughs> chases those cheap flights. Sky scanner. They, <laughs> yeah, before the flight gets right. put up. But I mean, one thing, obviously, Manchester is an easy accessible. Uh, you know, before we were played down at Old Trafford, for example, we took a, you know, a massive right. travelling support. We hope that... You know, we get a good uh, ticket allocation for the Etihad and, and obviously they'll bring a lot of fans up here. But, you know, I think, again, we've been to Barcelona, people, it's easy to get to. I, I think given some of the travelling that the team's made this year, some of the, the, the lengthy trips, I think they'll be welcoming in the shorter journeys as well. But it's just, you know, you, Tom, you mentioned about, you know, Kieran Tierney telling us that Lee Griffiths is absolutely buzzing more than MD else. And I'm sure they all are just thinking that they're going to be not only playing but competing with with some great great players because you all talk about the, the great players at Barcelona but I mean you look at Manchester City as well they've got some top top players yeah, you know yeah. money's no object for them as well in terms of the players they have and uh, having a, a top manager in Pep Guardiola coming in he's got to set his standard as well you know in terms of you know where he wants to, that that team to be uh, so there, there's some very meaty games and, and tasty games hopefully all the rest of the teams will just draw and we'll beat a couple yeah, of them and, and, <laughs> and one of the so points you were making about you know Kieran Tierney's meteoric rise I think one of the, the, the side effects of us getting to the group stage of the Champions League in terms of our academy is the fact that our, our youth team goes straight into the group stages of the UEFA Youth League and we'll be playing the, the youth team of Barcelona Manchester City and München Gladbach which again is brilliant That's for nice. the young guys yeah. as, as an experience to hopefully end up in the first team like Kieran. I'm sure that would have helped uh, Kieran develop as well. I'm, I'm sure he would have played in, in those kind of games as well. So yeah, it's uh, uh, there's, there's all positives to take from you know this tie and, uh, and the connections we have. And uh, as you say, I think a key for the supporters, maybe someone will bother going to Barcelona because there've been so many times, but certainly a couple of different ones there. Man City is easy to get to, and then the going to Germany. I think the fans it'll be quite easy to get to there, and, and so many different directions if, if it's too expensive in the in the official route. I mean, looking at the group, it, it obviously it's three very, very tough teams, undeniably top-ranking teams that we've been drawn against. But, Tom, f- for your own perspective, what do you think Celtic's chances are perhaps of, of qualifying uh, for the knockout stages based on what you've seen under Brendan Rodgers so far? Yeah, well, certainly here at Celtic Park, uh, it's been exceptional. Uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to try and make this a fortress of game. We're, we're starting to get the... You know the atmosphere back from the fans and and 
you know, trying to get them involved, and I think that's what the manager's done. The, you know, the euphoria of, of Brendan coming in, signing 12,000 supporters here, that's still continuing. You know, you look back, way back into Martin O'Neill when he first came as well, that just lasted the full season when we won the treble. Uh, this season's got a feeling about that, um, and the performance wasn't great, but there's there's a lot of reasons for it. There's pressure that we're under, uh, and the situation we're having a 3 0 lead in midweek there. Uh, we've been through it all. I've been through it when I said we played against Ajax all those years ago. Uh, it is very nervy, you know, you, you know, th and with the pressure that is on you to try and qualify. So, yeah, really looking forward to this and certainly hope that, uh, you know, certainly some of the teams will come away from here with, with zero points. It's going to be hard, but I think we can qualify if, if, if like I say, is in Barcelona, Man City, and all these teams drop each other and just need a couple of home victories. We've, we've done it before. You know, we've winning just over home games. We've managed to do that. We obviously need to improve in their away performances, but maybe against these kind of teams where it's not expected. I think we were expected to do so well uh, in midweek against Apple. Uh, these ones will be, I think, completely opposite. And maybe that formation and the systems that we've got, the players we've got, will be able to utilise that. And you think it'll, it'll be it'll be of great value to the players to to play against such tough teams and you know going away to fantastic stadiums that will be full of away fans because you always you get the impression sometimes that Celtic are so well backed in Scotland, whether it's home or away, that when you go away from home in Europe, it is such a shock to have such a, a you know, like a partisan crowd going mm -hmm. against you. So do you think something like this will be a good experience for the oh, boys? Oh, that'll be great. That's what you want. You want to get an experience. You see how difficult it is for teams who come here to Celtic Park and, 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 and how so many have been uh, awestruck by the, the, the sheer noise and support from the support. Um, so yeah, it certainly can have a, a factor, and but and, and it can certainly intimidate a lot of people. Far better players than some of the players that we have got. Uh, so it's how they handle it. So hopefully they will be able to handle that. That can happen. Because so, I know, you know, you look at. I don't. I think it's been generally fairly quiet at Barca, but the the German. Um, you know, National Football League's atmospheres are, are, are actually, I say, second to none other than Celtic Park here mm -hmm. when we get Champions League nights uh, because that day are absolutely tremendous. The, the atmospheres at every single game, if you watch it, is absolutely fabulous. The fans just go for it. The whole stadium, like which we get here at Champions League night. So, but yeah, that, you know, there'll be hostile places. I think Man City I don't have a great reputation of also of maybe really getting behind their team and uh, we have probably been probably massive often underdogs in that game. That may help us. It may help us. And Paul, from our own perspective, sort of working with the, the publication side of Celtic, it's going to give you an opportunity to sort of look into the history of some of these teams and relive some of the, the old clashes that we've had with the, you know, the likes of Barcelona that, that famous night in November 2012. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we'll be doing the, the match programme for those three games. It's big games. You know, it's bigger players that you're talking about and just bigger teams. So it's just, I think it's always when you're playing different teams, it just it gives you more to, to write about, more to talk about. And they're just, people are more interested in it as well. So I think, you know, I think there's, there's so much excitement, you know. And I think when you look at the, the teams in Group 4 and Pot 4, I'm sure Barcelona, Man City and, and Munchen Gladbach would have rather chosen some of the other teams that were alongside us in the Pot because even though we are the, the bottom seed, as it were, I think they all know that this is a difficult place to come yeah. to get anything from. And as you were saying, Tom, you're hoping that these other teams are taking points off each other. So if we if we can be as strong at home as we have in previous seasons, then that can upset the kind of the form book, as it were, in, in Group C. I'm sure I've just seen on Twitter before we uh, started this conversation, I think it was one of the players from Man City saying um, typical 
sort of t- typical group for us in, in the sense that it's the hardest teams that they could have got out of every pot. So that's a kind of well, credit that's a compliment to, to Celtic, us, yeah. yeah. That uh, obviously they, they see the stature of the club and uh, you know the reputation of the club, and 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 obviously I think more so as you say, Paul, rightly about the, the the home form that Celtic have had in the Champions League and how we have performed against these players. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a you know a great boost to certainly the players, and hopefully we'll take that going on to the park. And obviously there's a history between ourselves and Barcelona, but then just thinking there just now that uh, Suarez is there and uh, obviously Brendan, you know, cultivated him into the player that he is really uh, at Barcelona now from, he, from his time yeah, at Liverpool. There's a lot Liverpool, of familiar so. faces though still, uh, yep. as you say, Neymar and uh, Messi mm-hmm. uh, and the defenders, so we'll mm-hmm. be there, big, uh, was it Lou Enrique, was it the big centre-back? Piquet. Piquet. And then we've good. also got our Manchester City links, as you kind of touched on as, as well, so, and I'm sure, you know, the way the, the club is will definitely forge new links with Borussia Mönchengladbach as well a team we've never met I'm trying to think of the players I don't think there'll be any connection in terms of the playing front that obviously that'll be something for uh, yourself your good boys to yeah, do Paul research but nothing springs to mind I just remember that, that my only memory of Mönchengladbach is when they, they played Liverpool in the 77 yeah. European Cup final Liverpool beat them you know that's my that would be my, my Biden memory I think Bertie Volts played for mm-hmm. for Munch and Gladbach, but that's that's me showing my age now. Martin's just looking slightly <laughs> bemused. Oh, the, <laughs> the old timers start reminiscing. Uh, my only memory. I dad remember them all. <laughs> my memory of Gladbach is an old. Uh, I think it's a. Not not chewing the fat. What was the. Uh, the comedy show they do at New Year with the only excuse. excuse, and I think it was, was it Dennis Law or something like that. And it's in Borussia and München and Gladbach is a classic. Um, um, they do play in green, though, don't they? Green and black, is it? I think. Yeah, white, I green, think. and black. Yeah. Yeah. So, a, well, a tenuous connection there, but uh, well, sure, we'll find out more facts anyway on the in the build up to the games. But we have a nine-two aggregate victory over yeah. the nine boys and the uh, young boys in their uh, playoff qualifier. Then. You know, it's, it's not as if there's going to be any easy games in this. And speaking of games that aren't exactly easy, uh, Tuesday's playoff second leg qualifier against Hapwell Beersheva was exactly that. Celtic eventually lost 2 0 on the night to the Israeli side, but they managed to qualify for the group stages with a 5 4 aggregate win. So. Just as we bid farewell to Tom Boyd and say thank you, Tom, for joining us. You're very welcome and uh, bring on the Champions League. Bring on the Champions League and say thank you very much to Paul Cuddehy, the editor of the Celtic View. You're welcome. I'm as excited as everyone about this draw. And if you're not excited about the draw, don't know why you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, but I'm sure the next audio clip that you're about to hear will get you nice and excited. It's the concluded moments of the commentary on Celtic TV uh, from myself, Martin Diel and Mark Henderson over in Israel as the Celts uh, returned to where we belong, and that is the group stages of the UEFA Champions League. And the full-time whistle is blown, and Celtic are back where we belong in the Champions League group stages. My God, it was nervy, it was tense, but those five excellent goals scored by Celtic at Paradise last week has done the job, and Mark, we are back. <laughs> We're back, but obviously it's Celtic, Martin. We did it the hard way, you know. I was hoping for once, after winning the first leg 5-2, we'd come out here, it'd be more of a comfortable evening, but who cares? We're in the Champions League group stages, the big European nights are coming back to Celtic Park, 
the Celtic fans are ecstatic. You can see how much it means to the Celtic players, the Celtic coaching staff. Hugs all around, jubilation. We're back, and uh, you know, this is where we deserve it, you say, Martin. And we've worked so hard to be there. We need to remember how difficult it is for Celtic to get through. Happening so early in pre season, it's taken so much hard work, so much effort, so much focus. But Celtic have got their just rewards. You're so right, Mark. And as we see the fans who've travelled to Israel to support the boys on the road receive the tops of Lee Griffiths and Scott Brown, what a fantastic night here! What an emotional journey that has been for everyone who's been following Celtic on the road this season. Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers taking over in May. The first thing that he said he wanted to do was to get us into the Champions League group stages because it was the first challenge that came across us. He reiterated the point last night that the Hoops had two hands firmly grasped on their destiny and they didn't want to let it go. They got close to it tonight. Two goals from Hapoel Beersheva, one coming from Saha in the first half from a corner and the second from Oban, only three minutes into the second half. But Celtic held on with true grit and determination to secure their place at the top table of European club competition. And after a long, hard three-year wait, Celtic are finally back in the Champions League. Yes, Martin. Um, just wonderful, wonderful scenes on the pitch just now. You can see how much it means to everyone at the club, you know. Obviously, the, the players, this is the pinnacle. This is where they want to be. This is the players that have had pain for the past two years. Lee Griffiths, you know, he spoke before the game about how much it hurt going out in Malmo, how much the Maribor game hurt. And now we've got through because how tough would it have been if we hadn't made it this third time? Because been in such pole position from the first leg it would have been absolute heartache absolutely devastating not to have gone through but we got there in the end you know it probably wasn't the way that Brendan Rodgers wanted to do it but who cares all that matters is Celtic have got the job done and we're through to the prized place of the Champions League with all its riches and rewards all its excitement and it's going to be a fantastic few months as Celtic take on the cream of Europe and we've heard everyone talk in the media about why this season in Scotland would be big well I can tell you right now exactly why this season is going to be big the champions of Scotland are back in the Champions League thank you very much for joining us tonight thank you for your patience on an emotional roller coaster filled with the concession of goals and free kicks but it was all worth it in the end because once again Celtic are back where they belong thank you, good night and hell hell yeah.